So I'm going to say a, a few phrases, and uh, I'd love you to, to, to speak, not shout, but speak out. Um, what comes to mind whenever you hear these phrases? I'm loving it. McDonald's. Have a break. Have a Kit Kat. It's finger licking good. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Because you're worth it. Snap, crackle, L'Oreal by the way. Snap, crackle and pop. You're getting the hang of it now. Vorsprung Druck Technique. Already cars. Just do it. Nike. Every little helps. Tesco. Beans means Heinz. Does exactly what it says in the tin. Ron Seal, DIY people there. Uh, believe in better. I tell you, Sky are going to have to revisit their whole advertising campaign. Made in the image of God. No one's been reading their Bible for a very, very long time over the last four months. In the Bible, about human beings, does it all come back to you? Made in the image of God. The Bible tells us that we are created out of the dust of the ground and we are made uniquely in the image of God. That psalm that we had, verse 8, begins and ends with that verse of worship and praise. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And in the midst of the psalm, the psalmist sort of talks about, well, it's absolutely amazing to consider creation, the works of God's hands, but also to consider the fact that somehow, in some way, human beings have been set in a very prominent position, like sort of the pinnacle of God's creation. And uniquely among the creation, we are made in the image of God. That is said about no other part of God's creation. All of creation gives glory to God. It shows His immenseness, His power, His creativity, His love of variety, the sophistication of it all. But only one part of the creation is given the banner, the title, made in the image of God. That's you and me, human beings, in the midst of God's creation alone, are made in the image of God. The Bible doesn't spell out what exactly that means, but as we'll see, there are all sorts of things the Bible points to in terms of the uniqueness of human beings within God's creation. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. It's so important for us to know who we are and why we're here. Everything about our lives, what we think of ourselves and how we treat other people, will all flow out of our identity. If we think that we are just random uh, conglomerations of molecules and atoms, that will have a profound sense on our identity and how we treat other people. If we believe and understand 
that we are made in the image of God, then we have a purpose. Without that, you and I have no purpose whatsoever. But the reality is that you and I have a purpose because we have been created by God. Darwinism would have us believe, I'm not saying that all of it is rubbish, but what its central uh, tenant is that everything exists because of an impersonal force, time, and chance. But the Bible says differently. The Bible says we have been created by God, and therefore all of us have a purpose. You and I have been created by God. The Bible also then tells us that we are physical beings. God formed a man from the dust of the ground, the physical dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. We're physical beings. We have bodies, and our bodies matter because matter matters. And God declared over our bodies, we are spiritual and physical beings, and He declared that that is good, that we are good, that creation is good, that the physical aspect of God's creation is good. I think that's really important for us to understand that we're not just spiritual beings, we're physical beings as well. And so our physical health is really important. What we put into our mouths, what we eat, and what we drink, and how we exercise, and whether we bother to go to the doctor if there's something wrong with us, all of that matters because our body matters, and therefore how we look after our body matters. Your body is amazing. I was going to think, thinking about asking everyone to turn around to the person beside them and say, your body is amazing, but we won't do that today. But the reality is that our bodies are amazing. God has made us to have such sophisticated bodies within which to live. Isaac Newton said that all he needed to do to understand the greatness and the glory of God was to look at his thumb. And he understood the wonder of a divine creator. So you and I are physical beings. That's why over the years, Christians have founded so many hospitals, because our physical bodies matter. It's why Paul the Apostle said, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. If you ever wonder why God has given you a body, it's because they are we are instruments, our bodies are instruments of worship. Our bodies are not objects of worship, so we shouldn't stand in the mirror either at home and the gym and spend a long time looking at ourselves so that it becomes an object of worship, neither on the screen or in a magazine or online or in real life should we look at someone's body for a long period of time and just think, wow, well, if we're married to the person, that's fine. But the reality is our bodies are not objects of worship. They're instruments of worship. 
The reason why God has given us a body is to enable us to worship Him. That's the purpose of our bodies, to be living sacrifices. And because they're living sacrifices, traditionally, obviously, sacrifices were dead sacrifices. Because they're living sacrifices, that's why it's important for us to look after our bodies. Because it's only by them that we can worship the Lord. And so we're to look after our bodies. And they're to be holy. And so what we say and what we listen to and what we look at and how we act and how we speak is extremely important because it's to be holy. Our, our bodies are to be used for holy purposes. They're all to be for the glory of God. And also, the Bible talks about in that verse from Paul that that means they're also there to be pleasing to God. So God wants us, yes, to a certain level, to look in the mirror and say, I have an amazing body. And perhaps for some of us, that may be a very important thing to do. I think for many of us, it's a very important thing to do. Because God is pleased with your body. There was a, an African-American who in the 1960s suffered quite a lot of racial abuse because of the color of his skin. And this really got him down. Until someone, a friend of his, said to him, you are created by God, and God don't make no junk. And so he, what he did was, every time someone was demeaning to him because of the color of his skin, he would say, God don't make no junk. And I wonder for you, in your life, day by day, maybe if you struggle with uh, thoughts of, of really wondering what value you have, maybe that's a phrase you need to be saying over and over again, God don't make no junk. The fact is you and I are created in the image of God. So uniquely in all of creation, we have this descriptor over us that there is something unique about us. And so in Genesis chapter 1, on day 3, God forms the dry land. As we are saying a few weeks ago, uh, those narrative passages of, of the six days, the first three days are about God forming, and the second three days are about God filling. And so he forms the sky and the heavens and he fills them with birds. He forms the land and he fills the land with animals, including human beings. So we are created, yes, as part of the animal kingdom, and we are part of God's creation. And yet uniquely it says, let's make mankind in our own image, God says. So what does that mean for us to be made in the image of God? Is that the Bible doesn't spell it out, but tells the whole story of human beings. And so first of all, there's things like the, the moral aspect of human beings. The reality is that we are aware 
of moral decisions, and we have responsibility for moral decisions. There's also the, the rational side of things, that we have this capability to have reflective thought. There's the social aspect that we're capable of loving one another, and there's the artistic aspect that we can, we can build a, whatever it is, an electron accelerator or penicillin or a vaccine. We have been given a wonderful gift of creativity, art, music, architecture, the work that we do day by day. We have been given wonderful gifts. It's not to say that uh, the wonderful variety of animals in the world aren't capable of social interaction, aren't capable of creativity, but there is something unique about the level and the reality of how human beings do that. And also, uniquely, we have this spiritual aspect to ourselves. The fact is that we know that we have this hunger to worship God, that we have this sense of eternity, that we have this need and this capacity to be aware of God and to worship Him. And so in the midst of all God's creation, God speaks to Adam and Eve. He doesn't speak to any of the other animals. He only speaks to the human beings because they are the ones who are made in the image of God. You and I are made in the image of God. So we have this wonderful dignity as human beings, but it's important for us to remember as well that we are, as the Bible says, we are made out of the dust of the earth. In 2013, at the Cambridge Science Festival, for a bit of fun and for a bit of uh, stretching the gray matter, the society decided to try and work out how much would it cost to build Benedict Cumberbatch. Now, the reason why they chose him is because that year he was the director of the festival and also as well, he's a typically sized human being. So they discovered and they put forward the fact that you need 59 different elements from the periodic table to make a typical human being. Six elements make up 99.1% of all human beings. Anyone want to have a stab at what those six elements are? Carbon's one, hydrogen, oxygen, bones, calcium, nitrogen, and phosphorus. 99.1% of those elements go to, sorry, they make up 99.1%. I'm getting mixed up, it's a bit like that Rabina ad when they say 100% of all berries go to make Rabina. 30 pounds of pure carbon, 44,300 44, pounds. Now you might say, well, why don't you just go down to B&Q and get about 10 bags of charcoal? But the fact is that the Royal Society of Chemistry don't make junk either. They wanted utterly pure carbon. The calcium, phosphorus, and potassium in its pure form necessary would be 47,000 pounds. 
There are lots of things that are very expensive, like thoriums, zirconium, niobium, samarium. For instance, thorium costs 2,000 pounds per gram, but it appears in such small quantities that you can get it for about 50 pence. Altogether, the Royal Society of Chemistry reckoned it would cost 96,000 pounds to build a Benedict Cumberbatch. But that's only for the materials. The labor costs are a whole different thing. Bill Bryson in his book, The Body, says, no matter what you pay or how carefully you assemble the materials, you're not going to create a human being. You could call together all the brainiest people who are alive now or have ever lived and endow them with the complete sum of human knowledge and they could not make a single living cell. Never mind a replicant Benedict Cumberbatch. He concludes by saying, the amazing thing about life is that life is a miracle because we are made of the same stuff that makes up a pile of dirt. So we are made in the image of God. We are made to represent God in the midst of his creation. The reason why throughout Judean thought, throughout the Bible, throughout New Testament thought and Christianity, the reason why we are never to make an image of God is because God has already made an image of, his, of himself. And it's the one that you see every time you look in the mirror. Because you and I are made in the image of God. And so we are here to represent God. We're here to reflect God. And we're also here to be capable of a relationship with God. You and I were born to know God. That's the reason why we came into existence. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you're mindful of them? human beings, that you care for them. If we understand who we are as created beings made from dirt but made in the image of God, that will transform how we think about ourselves and it will also transform how we treat other people. So regardless of someone's skin color or nationality or age or gender or their moral and religious beliefs, regardless of their age, regardless of their physical or mental capacity, we treat every single human being with respect because they, like us, are made in the image of God. And that has profound consequences for us in how we treat an embryo baby in the womb. It has profound consequences for us whenever someone is nearing the end of their life and their systems are starting to shut down. Human life, like all life, is sacred. And human life, uniquely, is made in the image of God. And no matter how limited someone's mental capacity is, we respect them because they're made in the image of God. 
No matter how physically restricted someone is, we respect them because they are made in the image of God. As the Bible tells us, and we know that as well as being made in the image of God, we have we've fallen from that place of grace. The image of God remains in us, but it has become muddied, it's become tarnished, it's become corrupted. And so it's amazing that in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it talks about Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God. And so finally, after thousands of years, there appears a man who is truly, perfectly a reflection of who God is. And he comes and lives among us, and we put him to death. And he dies to bring us back to God. He dies to restore the possibility of human beings fully, perfectly being transformed into the image of God. And he rises to life as proof to say he is the one. He is the man. And so in and through him, there is this opportunity for us to be restored to the image of God, to be those who are again ambassadors for Christ in the world, to be those who rule and reign on earth and do so for His glory. That's why we gather today at home and here. You and I have been made in the image of God, and we are being transformed in Christ to again represent what it means to be a fully, true, wonderful human being, spiritual and physical, living to the glory of God and using our bodies for one purpose, as instruments of worship. Let's pray. To that day when we 